I'm not gonna say it yet. You are really, this better be good. It's not, it's gonna be one of those typical things where I think I'm saying something profound and it's just nonsense. And I'm just gonna be like, yeah. It's like three different thoughts all in one. And I don't know when I wanna say it because I don't remember when I thought it. You remember it, right? I was sitting here like five minutes waiting for you to call me. And I was like, wow, this is the first time that I'm ready before Zane. And then about five seconds before you called, I looked down and I realized my headphones weren't even plugged into my laptop. (laughs) But I was still ready before you. Yeah, well, a lot took a while to go to the bathroom. Speaking of me not being ready, I was just over at our father's house. Mm -hmm. And we watched the new episode of The Mandalorian. I have not watched it. There's a married couple that's just like a cameo from two famous people. And it really kind of took me out of the moment because it's two people that I didn't think were or would ever be together. (laughs) But it's Jack Black and Lizzo. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you meant a real life married couple. No, no. And my, my brain immediately was like, Oh, it's Joe Jonas and what's her name? Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. I don't know why. I just was like, they'd be in a Star Wars show. Yeah. So it was it was strange enough to see Jack Black in Star Wars, but then to see Lizzo. Jack Black makes sense. Lizzo, I could swing it. Them as a couple in Star Wars? That's weird. Interesting. After Lizzo like said one of her lines, dad was like, She's not a good actress. And I'm like, I don't think she acts. No, but I love Lizzo. It was on the way home. I was text or not texting. I was on the phone with Kate and I was like, Jack Black and Lizzo were married in Star Wars. And she's like, honestly, I could see it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, really Lizzo, Lizzo, if you're listening, um, I love you. Come be on the podcast. Huge, huge Lost fan. That Lizzo. Oh, you know what? This this just made me think. How have we not talked about the Trisha Paytas thing? What about it? I don't know anything about it. Did you never see this? Okay. Like forever ago, shortly after we talked about Trisha Paytas on this podcast, she revealed to the world that when she was pregnant, <laughs> she took a pregnancy photo shoot of her and her partner dressed as Hurley and Saeed. <laughs> Kate sends this to me and you, you and it just confirms Trisha listens to our podcast. <laughs> no way. We need to reach out to her. Yeah. Get her, let's get her on the podcast. Maybe some flashbacks. No, she needs to be on a, a main episode. All of a let's, sudden, I'm a huge Trisha Paytas fan. <laughs> let's have a bonus episode that you and I are not on, and it's just Trisha, Kate, and our mom. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Trisha and Kate would be an excellent episode. Putting our mom in there ruined it. <laughs> I mean, we would think it's hilarious, but there's no way it could be publishable. <laughs> mom would just be like, your job's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's made up bullshit. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. 
I'm Lauren, and I'm a little grumpy today. Yes, we we apologize for you know last week's episode. What? I'm kidding. I was a little grumpy then too, but I don't know. I'm just in a funk. You're in a My funk. My head hurts. Hold on. You know what you look like right now? What do I look like? You look like you're trying to fart, but you're concentrating really hard to make sure it's just a fart. No. <laughs> Anyway, today we're covering Season 2, Episode 13, The Long Con. Lauren, synopsis? Um, synopsis, I kept it simple this week. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Everybody gets conned, including me. Yes, I did. Li- I loved your notes. Can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> I was on a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of this episode? Not my favorite. It was a lot of me having like really strong suspicions and then be like, ah, oh, just kidding. I mean, it was good. And I do feel like we might disagree on some things. So let's just agree right now to keep it civil. Okay. I don't feel like I don't have any hot takes. I just kind of feel like I'm going to be pretty like me and, and you're going to want me to feel strongly. So, you know, let's get into it. But that's my prediction. Well, before we get into it, we have to do our quick bits. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let me know when that's over. I'm going to play some games on my phone. This episode was directed by Roxanne Dawson, who directed some This Is Us, The Americans, House of Cards, a show called Colony, which actually starred Josh Holloway. And she did some Scandal, and she both was in and directed Star Trek's Voyager and Enterprise. This also is the first time since season one, episode 10, that an episode was directed by a woman. Don't love that. No, it's not great. You may have noticed that late in the episode, when Saeed approaches Hurley with the radio, Hurley is reading a manuscript. That manuscript is written by Gary Troop. Who is Gary Troop, you ask? Remember (laughs) in the pilot when a guy gets sucked into the jet turbine? I'm guessing that's Gary. That's Gary. Good old Gary. And lastly, Kevin Dunn filmed scenes for the dropped Tampa job storyline in Adrift. You may remember an earlier quick bit where I revealed that episode two of this season was supposed to be a Sawyer storyline about the Tampa job. Kevin Dunn's Gordy was supposed to be in that storyline, but he did come back for this episode, obviously. Obviously. Let's get into it. The episode starts off with Jack bringing the Halliburton case with the six guns into the gun locker in the hatch. Locke tells Jack that he is grateful that he decided to keep them all in one place, and Jack questions why he has the statues. Locke explains that he had to take them from Charlie, and he says the heroine may have therapeutic value if it ever comes to that, but he won't break the statues because he's superstitious. So immediately we get an answer for a question you had last week, which was, why don't they just destroy the heroine? You know, I even thought that. I was like, oh, can they use that for anything, like, not bad? And I thought... Nah, that's a dumb question. Of course not. So I don't know if Locke's just dumb or I'm dumb. Someone's dumb, though. I mean, it could be a situation where, like, I don't know, maybe it's like another boon thing where they, like, cut off his leg and it's like, ooh, that didn't work. And now he's in a lot of pain. So, like, let's just, like, put him out of his mercy. It's not out of his mercy. It's out misery. Of, out of misery. Sorry. And also, <laughs> what? Oh, we cut someone's leg off and it didn't work. So let's shoot him up with heroin. To, like, ease the pain while he dies. I guess. I I guess. 
I would yeah. rather like on the fear of the walking dead, there's like a whole storyline where people have to like sacrifice themselves so others can live. Cause there's not enough oxygen or whatever. So everyone's just like, we got a bunch of fucking morphine. Let's just get high while we die. Sometimes I feel like you should just stop talking while you're ahead. You know, Jack asks for the combination and Locke says that he is assuming that Jack is asking in case he falls off a cliff, not because he doesn't trust him. And Jack tells him that there are a lot of cliffs on the island. Locke tells him that they should make an agreement to only open the gun locker together. And Jack agrees, so Locke gives him the combination. Locke tells Jack to consider moving the medication behind the door as well. And Jack asks why he would need to do that. Cut to Sawyer and Charlie. Really good foreshadowing moment. Mm. Sawyer comments on Charlie moving and how everyone hates him for stealing Aaron and Locke taking a swing at him, saying it's like Gandhi beating his kids. Charlie tells him to worry about Jack stealing from his stash, which leads to Sawyer and Jack arguing over stolen pills, but Sawyer claims that they were in his stash before he sailed on the raft. Jack says the pills belong to the entire group, and he doesn't have a stash anymore. Sawyer warns him that he does not want to do this, giving him one last chance to give the pills back, and Jack asks if he is threatening him, and then leaves. Hmm. I know that you're thinking... That was way too much detail. Yeah, that was way too much detail. It would have it, taken less time to play the scene. I don't think that's true. How would you have said that, Lauren? I would have been like, Hotties be fighting. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this entire scene basically just sets up the entire episode. Right. Did you see where this was going? Or... Did it take not, you a while? Not even a little bit. Do At no f- point in this episode did I correctly call what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only thing that I was like, we'll, we'll get there. Like, I had suspicions, but I never was it correct. <laughs> Do you think Sawyer would have pulled this whole maneuver regardless of this, like, pills are mine, pills are his kind of thing? No, I think he was antagonized and because he's pretty much mostly kept to himself. Like he was just antagonized and he was done with it. So he's like, let's have some fun. My shoulder is pretty much healed. Let's go fuck shit up. We get a flashback where Sawyer finishes having sex with Cassidy. Special guest star alert. It is Kim Dickens from Gone Girl and Fear the Walking Dead. No, she's in something else. I've watched Gone Girl, but not recently enough. What else is she in? I don't know. Those are the two things that I know her from, so I didn't go any further. Hold on. Google it. It's worth a Google. Huh. This episode aired the day before my birthday in 2006. No one cares. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, she played. She played. um, Wait, what's her name? Kim Dickens. Yeah, she was in Sons of Anarchy. That's where I know her from. And The Blind Side. Gone Girl's a great movie. I love her. She's a very good actress, in my opinion. Anyway. He pulls the same pigeon drop trick from Confidence Man, but Cassidy's parents didn't raise no dummies. She calls him out for all of it and how the money isn't even real. She puts together that it's a con and Sawyer cops to it and starts packing up when she reveals that she did not get any money in her divorce and she is not worth the trouble. She then asks him for a lesson in conning people. Did I have a thought here? It's hard to know when I had thoughts because all my thoughts were fucking wrong. I think at this point I was thinking she's conning him. That Is was out my the thought. Gate? 
Yeah, something felt very suspicious about it. Like, I just was like, why is she like, ooh, I really want to be part of your illegal activity? Felt she's, weird. Well, she's having a midlife crisis, just went through a divorce. Okay. I mean, you were essentially right because she lies about having all the money. Yeah, which is when I was like, okay, we'll get there. On the island, Kate's finds Sawyer putting his tent back together and gives him a magazine. We learn that Sawyer lost his glasses on the raft, so he asks her to read to him. Block walks by, and Sawyer comments on his closeness to Claire, saying that everyone has needs. Kate says that not everyone is like him, and Sawyer says that must be the reason why Jack and Anna Lucia didn't ask him to join the army. Kate did not know about the army, and Sawyer says that he must not be the only one on the outs with Jack. Why do you think Jack did not approach Kate about the army? Because Kate doesn't listen. She doesn't follow directions. You think he's still scolding her for what happened in the hunting party? Yeah. I mean, honestly, she's a loose cannon. She doesn't follow instructions. Like, she does what she wants, and if you tell her what to do, she has a chase. So she's essentially useless. She'd be one of those people, fire! And then she just kind of, like, stands there with the gun. Like, Kate, goddammit! Yeah. Hurley finds Saeed doing something to coconuts. Again, this is that same thing that happened with Charlie after he killed Ethan. Still have no idea what the goal was here. Clearly, the coconut thing is just some kind of therapeutic activity they do and they need to, like, let off some steam. I wonder if it's, like, the husk because it's, like, a good fire starter. I think I said that originally. I probably didn't, but let's pretend (laughs) that I did. Well, Saeed fails to laugh at Hurley's hilarious reference about lime and coconut. You know what? Hurley is wasted on them. Really? Love him. Hurley reveals to Saeed the radio that the tailies found at the arrow station. And Saeed calls it a glorified walkie-talkie. Hurley asks if he could do some tech stuff to it and make it stronger. And Saeed says that it would just be a repeat of the transceiver situation with Danielle's message. Hurley tries to push for it a little bit more, but Saeed calls it a waste of time while beating some harmless coconuts. Hurley says he was only trying to cheer him up and apologizes, but Saeed says he does not need to be cheered up as Hurley leaves. He then looks over and sees the abandoned radio. I don't like grumpy Saeed. Not hot. Not hot. It's just, I feel like if he was mean to someone else, it'd be fine, but I don't like that he's being mean to Hurley. I don't know if he's necessarily being mean to him. If someone acted like that towards me, I'd cry. Fair enough. I do think... I don't know if Grumpy's the right word. He's just kind of like putting up walls, you know? He did just lose the love of his life. <laughs> Grumpy. It feels weird to say that, the love. If if he acts this way after losing Shannon, who he admits that he loved her, but he only really knew her for 48 days. How do you think he felt after Nadia disappeared? <laughs> yeah, I would not call her the love of his life. The love of the island. I was being sarcastic. Okay. His love of the last 48 days. Anna finds Jack in the jungle and asks if he got the gun locker combination from Locke, which he confirms he did. Anna says that it was easy and it's nice that everyone is not scared enough, that everyone thinks that they are safe. And Jack says no one thinks they are safe. Anna asks for the combination and Jack does not give it to her. And she says that she was only joking, causing Jack to laugh, but her smile fades as he leaves. How do you feel about Anna's position in the new camp. Does she really have a position or does she only talk to Jack? She's co-general of the army. The bullshit non-existent army that is complete and utter bullshit. 
at this point, it's I think it's just the two of them. Yeah, it's like the worst idea anyone has ever had. Do you see the weapon she's like carrying around on her belt the entire episode? No. It's just a stick with like some twine on the end of it. It's because she's not allowed to have a gun. It's like the other guys. She had to have a wooden gun. (laughs) I mean, there's all these knives around the camp. You know, Locke had all those knives. You think she would like ask for one of those. Who's going to give her a knife? She can't accidentally stab someone coming out of the jungle. Are you joking? Yes, you definitely can. Well, you wouldn't be like face up against the brush waiting for them to come out with the knife. If someone's going to stab someone, it's going to be her. Or Saeed, who actually has a history of accidentally stabbing someone. Yeah, but he's fine. Is he, though? He's beating some defenseless coconuts. That's... Okay. And he's yelling at Hurley. I don't. Re- I wouldn't really say he's fine. He did not yell at Hurley. He was grumpy. <laughs> I mean, he did raise his voice a little bit when he said it would be a waste of time. No, he did not. He just got assertive. He, he was, like, stern. He didn't yell. So he's not hottie of the week, but you're still... He's not hottie of the week, but I still love him. I'd still kiss him. Fair enough. I'd kiss him. <laughs> yeah, as Kate would say. I'd kiss him. <laughs> Sun is in her garden and hears movement in the brush. And she looks over her shoulder and Vincent appears. Sun asks what he's doing out there and the rain starts. Say it with me, everybody. Rain is bad. There it is. Uh, I was immediately like... I mean, you know already because the whole like, what's in the brush? And then it's Vincent and you're like, that's a fake out. I was like expecting her to look up and someone would just be like standing right there. And why? Tell me why my brain like filled in the gap with like, it's Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) Back from the dead. But rain, I was like, no. And then obviously here's the thing. I feel like you're going to go into this long winded explanation. Let's see if I can do it better. Sun gets the shit kicked out of her. Bag over her head, bound up. Scream, scream, scream. Ah! And then... Let's see, because I literally just watched the episode. Then, you know, we see that. We cut to Kate and Sawyer. Kate's being a manic pixie dream girl. I love the rain. And then, you know, they get pulled inside the tent. You know, it looks like, oh, we're about to have a romantic moment. Nope, they hear Sun screaming. They run over. They find her unconscious with her hands tied behind her back. What? I was immediately suspicious. No way. No way this was the others. I have too much detail. But mine was better. I left out the entire part of how Kate and Sawyer, I just put Kate and Sawyer run over. No, the part that's important about that and why I had to give the detail is because Kate annoyed me so much in that scene. Like, she literally had, like, one freaking line, and she annoyed the shit out of me. He's like, get inside. It's raining. She's like, I love the rain. Manic pixie dream girl. I hate it. Uh, I have to give a quick shout-out to someone who messaged us on Instagram. Uh, Leah Robertson, or at Lil underscore Cake underscore Pop, who said, I just finished... Exodus part two. And I say this with the utmost respect, but in response to Kate hating on Kate all the time, quote, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sorry, uh, little cake pop, but I also can't stand her. Like, 
I, I don't know. It's just like producer Kate's rubbing off on me. Everything she does annoys me. <laughs> just shut up. And yeah, so there you go. I did the scene for you. Anyway, they find Sun abandoned in the jungle with a nasty head wound. And Sawyer tells Kate to go get Jack as he carries her back to camp. And even in this case, he has to tell her twice. She still fucking hesitates. Go get I Jack. Her. I can't. Everyone swarms to Jin and Sun's tent as Jack begins to work on her. Jin arrives and Jack asks for space, but he's very concerned. Jack asks what happened and explains how they found her. And Kate interrupts to inform that her hands were tied. He asks what she means by that. And Anna announces that the others have returned. That's what I was like. Okay, super suspicious. I don't know. I knew what they were doing. They wanted me to feel this way. And they succeeded. I felt it. So I I don't know. I just was like, "Mm." You were suspicious of Anna. Yeah. But then it was like almost like I was too suspicious of her. So I didn't even trust my own suspicions. And I was like, could it be Jack? (laughs) I'm like, that would be, that'd be a plot twist. If it was Jack, that'd be the biggest plot twist ever. What should have been the most obvious thing is that it was pouring down rain. It was muddy. There was fighting going on. All the people that they suspected, Anna, was not covered in mud. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. The small council assembles of Anna, Kate, Jack, Locke, and Sawyer. And Locke argues that the others said that they would leave them alone if they stood on their side of the line. And Jack says that they clearly lied. Locke argues that they're unsure of what happened, and Jack says it does not matter. What do you think about Locke just, like, having great intuition, just immediately knew something's not right here? For which part? I was thinking, I was um, having an ADD moment. I was looking at a book and thinking about something else. Locke points out that the others said that they would not harm them, and then he says, we're not sure what happened here. But everyone else is saying, that doesn't matter. So Locke immediately knew that it wasn't all that it made out to be. Maybe now is the time to say something. Okay. No, I'll save it. Um, okay. I, I think it was nice. Uh, go Locke. Cool. I, I think, let's not get into it yet, but my prediction for what you think, I'm going to be like, no, you need to think more is whose side of the argument you should fall on between Jack and Locke in this episode? No, that's not that's not it. Because right. I, I think we're going to be on the same side for that. Okay. I mean, if you're not I'm on, on my Charlie's side, side all the way. <laughs> if you're not on my side, we're going to fight. Okay. Says the person who said, keep it simple. Well, but that's not what I was talking about. If we're going to disagree about something else, let's duke it out. Anna suggests that they sweep the garden with guns, but Locke shoots the idea down of arming up. It's the same argument that they had in Homecoming, where they talk about how they're more likely to just shoot each other. Jack pitches that they wait for Sun to wake up, get her intel, and then act, and Locke agrees. But Sawyer and Kate decide to have a look anyway. Sawyer asks if any of this makes sense, how the hell did Sun get away? And Kate argues that she was fighting for her life. But Sawyer points out that Kate herself was not able to escape in the hunting party episode. Then he finds the bag that was thrown over Sun's head, and Kate says it's just like the one that was thrown over hers. But Sawyer points out that it's a different bag, and then says, the devil's in the details, and they're wrong. Kate asks if it was not the others, does that mean it was one of them? And Sawyer says the only upside of scaring everyone is getting them to join the army. It's so difficult to look back on it, 
because it feels so obvious. But in the moment, I was just like, damn, Sawyer's smart. I had two thoughts here, knowing everything. My first one was, Sawyer's probably thinking, God damn it. Of course I get stuck with Kate, the least observant person in the world. So I got to walk her fucking through this. And then if it were me, if I were in Kate's position and he's like, uh, no, this this bag is black, has a different weave. I would be like, well, maybe they have two different kinds of bags. Yeah, I know. I'd just be like, you think they have like they're loyal to one bag manufacturer? Like Sawyer obviously knew everything and like eight fucking fell right into his hand. But I feel like if literally anybody else was there, they'd be like, they probably just have more than one kind of bag, Sawyer. Yeah, I agree. We're talking about people that had access to a boat. We get another flashback as Cassidy points out that the necklaces for their next con are junk. And Sawyer says that all anyone is going to be looking at is the price. Then he says that it's all in the details, Dimples. Do you think it's interesting that he just, any girl that he's courting, he just picks one physical attribute about their face and that's the nickname? Probably the best way that he doesn't mix up their names. You think he's just got like his phone? He's like, Dimples, Freckles eyelashes mole mole that'd be my name yeah <laughs> for those of you who don't follow us on tiktok you might miss that lauren has a giant mole on her face it's not giant <laughs> money, 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 money. funny it's funny i'm not gonna cry myself to sleep at all cassidy asks what happens if they get caught and Sawyer says that they're only going to remember that the guy looks like he was in a bar fight as he puts the Band-Aid on his nose, which is a clever detail. If you have one dis- distinguishing feature, that's going to be like the big thing. That's why Scar Girl on TikTok is a genius. Isn't there like a crime show where the unsub, it's got to be a Criminal Minds episode, Mom, where the criminal, no, I mean the unsub pretends to walk with a limp, but he doesn't actually have a limp. I think so that that's people... the movie Usual Suspects with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, is it? I've never watched that. Yeah, like the the big twist at the end of the movie is when he's like walking away from the police station. He's limping and then he just slowly transitioned into a normal walk. I mean, maybe it was on Criminal Minds. They've done fucking 3000 episodes of that show. I'm sure they've had done it before. OK, well, I've never seen that movie. So let's go with It's a Criminal Minds episode. <laughs> Is this turning into a Criminal Minds rewatch podcast? Lauren gets profiled. Haha. That wouldn't be very interesting. I'm very generic. I am like other girls. The unsub tends to stay in her bed for anywhere between 12 to 18 hours. Oh my God. Do you know what the unsub did last night? The unsub is me. I had a book on Libby that I was trying to finish another book and it took me forever. And I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then I finished that book and then I had to get to my next book which was due in two days. So I was like, crap. So yesterday I'm reading it. I had just started it. And I was like, okay, when's it due? Oh, tomorrow at 9 a.m. So what did I do? I stayed up till 3 a.m. and read the whole book. And I fully knew I was going to do that. I was like, I'm just going to kill myself. And I just drank an energy drink when I woke up. And I was fine. I was a little shaky at work, a little shaky. 
I'm starting to get concerned about the amount of energy drinks that you drink. Because anytime you text me before we record, like, I'm not in the best mood. I'm like, drink an energy drink. (laughs) I actually don't that often. I do on the weekends so I can be, like, productive. But typically during the week, I don't. And it's just a Celsius. It's not as bad as like a monster or something. Or a Fahrenheit. <laughs> While we're I on the topic Kelvin. of Kelvin. <laughs> you mean Desmond's old partner? Okay, you're ruining it. Speaking of reading, Kate and I are in our book club. This month we are reading The Ballad of Songbird and Snakes, or Songbirds and Snakes, the Hunger Games prequel. Mm. We're meeting on the 15th to discuss the first half of the book. We tried to go to Barnes & Noble, but the only copy of the book that we could find was in that four-pack of all the books. It was $80, and that was still only one copy. So we tried to go to a local bookstore. We still couldn't find anything. I guess, like, because the movie is is, like, getting a bunch of marketing, and it had a resurgence on TikTok. The book's just selling really well. So we bought copies on Amazon, but they're not going to get here till the 14th. (laughs) So we're just going to have to fucking read it the day before. Why didn't you just get it on, like, Kindle? Because I don't have a Kindle. Neither do I have a Kindle app. I don't have a tablet. On my phone! My phone dies in, like, three hours. I can't read a book on there. Charge it. I read all my books on my phone. My screen time is ridiculous. I like physical books. Yeah, you know what? I do, too. But Libby is free. And I'm too lazy to go to the library. Isn't that audio? No. It's audio and like uh, okay. ebook. I hey, started out with you know audio. what the the ebook was all checked out at the Columbus Metropolitan Library. Yeah, of course, but you can just buy it on Kindle for like ten dollars. I'd rather have it for the bookshelf. Okay, whatever. Um, we got a little off track, but I think I had something else to say that I was off track. Doesn't the, matter. Let's move on. The gas station acting was horrible. Was in your notes. Oh, my God. That's on track. That's way on track. Those guys at the gas station, where they get those guys? At a literal gas station? They can't act for shit. You didn't recognize them? No. It's Scott and Steve. No, it's not. You're joking. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, that would have been that would have been the coolest thing that you've ever said to me. No, I was like, oh, these two guys. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if that was Scott and Steve? That actually would be hilarious. I know. You know they what? should have done that. That would have been really cool. It could have been, and no, no one would know. You know, I, I'll say, when I made that joke in my notes, I did not realize there was going to be another Scott and Steve call out in this episode. We'll get there. But Sawyer approaches the not Scott, not Steve duo at the gas station and offers them some necklaces. They ask where he got them from, and he dodges. And as he goes to leave, Cassidy pulls her side of the con and asks to buy some. Each for $100. She calls out the prices on the tags to gauge interest. And as Sawyer goes to leave, the two guys ends up buying some as well. One guy says, women love their jewelry. I wanted to throw up. And Sawyer and Cassidy exchange a smile as they successfully pulled it off. Yeah, they pulled off, what, like 200 bucks? You didn't hear one guy say 500, 600, 700? No, I had so checked out of that scene. After you know, this, he was like, I will take some too. Thank you. Yeah, let me get some of them. Them women love them jewelry. You just sounded like, what, what's his name? Oh, damn it. That's not going to be funny because I can't remember. Oh, I'm Doug Dimidone. Owner of the Dimsdale Dimidone. <laughs> the Doug Dimidone? Owner of the Dimsdale Dimidone? Did you ever see the, the rap? No. Oh. Someone just took 
That's not really a rap. It's like a remix. Someone just took him saying that and like remix it. So it's like dim a dome, dim, dim, dim a dome. <laughs> On the island, Jack tells Jin that Sun will be okay, but he needs to watch her. And Jin holds her hand. And I know that Sawyer is going to ultimately be hottie of the week in this episode, but I was like, oh, Jin's so cute. Yeah. Kate waits for Jack and asks if Sun fell or was struck. Jack says he does not know. And she asks how well he knows Ana Lucia. She reminds him of the deal that they had with the others and asks why they would attack. Jack asks who else it would be, and Kate again asks how well he knows Anna, causing Jack to just walk away in disbelief. As if there hasn't been so many times these people have just beat the shit out of each other, shot each other. Literally, both camps had an imposter. Why is the idea that Anna? Actually, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I was about to say the fact that Jack walks away in disbelief was dumb, but literally the next scene is Jack interrogating Anna. So he didn't really disbelieve her. He just kind of just blows Kate off for some again. Yeah, but you know what? He's like still mad at her, but he does like take her thoughts into consideration. Yeah. Anna tells Jack that two more are looking to enlist. Steve, not Scott. Scott's dead. <laughs> that actually. Okay, here's the thing. That's funny. But she didn't even know Scott. <laughs> Which one is dead? Scott is dead. Scott's dead. She didn't even know Scott. So that's not even like, how would she get them mixed up? But here's the thing. That just means that whoever she was talking to about him was referring to him as Scott. Oh, you know what? <laughs> that's a layered joke. That means that, yeah, someone was like, and that over there is Scott. And nobody got it. Okay. That's good. That's pretty good. It went over my head, but it's a good joke. Anna says that after what happened, more people are willing to do something. Jack then immediately asks where Anna was during the rainstorm. And Anna asks if he thinks she had something to do with Sun's attack. And then asks where he got the idea. But Claire comes running over to tell him Sun is awake. How suspicious of Anna were you at this point? Medium. Medium. I just don't like her. Yeah, medium suspicious. The thing is, no, nah, we'll talk later. Okay. It's been a lot of that so far. Yeah, because I have thoughts, but I I feel like I, I have like a kind of a, a long thing to go on, but I don't want to do it yet. Okay. Jack asks Sun about her head and what happened. She recites her attack saying she did not see anything, but she fought and she ran. And Jin keeps interrupting as she talks and then eventually asks Jack for a gun. Sawyer watches from a distance as Jack tries to calm Jin down. Kate tells Sawyer that she thinks this is Anna's play for the guns. And she tells Sawyer to go tell Locke that they're coming for the guns. She even says, please. In hindsight, I think Anna was giving Kate those dirty looks because she knows that it was her who told Jack it was... She was the one who attacked Locke, or son. I think that's just Anna's face. <laughs> She's just like, why are these two fuckers staring at me? Yeah, probably. That's what I would be thinking. We get a flashback as Cassidy showers and asks what the next con is. Sawyer offers to show her the pigeon drop, and we learn that they've been at this for a while because they have done all sorts of cons already, including the pigeon drop. She says she wants to do a big one. Sawyer explains that a long con is where you get somebody to do something as if it were their idea, but it was yours. 
And at that point, I should have realized what the island plot was, but I still didn't. It really is like, oh my God. (laughs) I feel so dumb. He conned me. Sawyer says that a long con takes money. And Cassidy tells him that she lied about not getting any money in the divorce. She has $600,000. At that point, that's when I was like, this bitch is conning him. Like, he's fallen right into the trap. That's what I was thinking. I'm dumb. Sawyer says that they could just retire, but Cassidy says she's actually really happy conning people. Not because of the money or the action, but because they're together. Cassidy asks for one long con, and then they can retire. Sawyer says that he'll think about it, and she pulls him into the shower. And he does, like, this weird, like... It was really weird. I didn't notice it, and I'm mad at you for pointing it out. I'm really shocked that you're waiting this long to say that Sawyer's hottie of the week. He's been, like, shirtless and doing shit this entire episode. Let me do things on my own time. You don't know my life. Okay. At the hatch, Sawyer finds Locke going through the books for more secrets. Oh, that's what he was doing. Yeah, looking for tape. I thought he had a really weird way of alphabetizing. I I alphabetized by the word in the middle of the book. I literally was like, what is he doing? Dusting the books? I I didn't. Locke asks what he can do for him, calling him James because he will not speak the name of a con man. But Sawyer warns him about Jack coming for the guns and how everyone is shaken up. He says once the guns are out, they likely aren't going back in. And Locke asks why he is telling him. And Sawyer tells him it will piss Jack off. Which, honestly, that's how the con is covered for so long. Because that is something Sawyer would do. Here's the thing. No. I'm not going to say it. You are really... This better be good. It's not. It's going to be one of those typical things where I think I'm saying something profound. And it's just nonsense. And I'm just going to be like, yeah. It's like three different thoughts all in one. And I don't know when I want to say it because I don't remember when I thought it. Probably when the reveal happens. No, because it's not even like. Mm-hmm. You remember it, right? This isn't a situation where I was talking I, about. I remember the the idea behind it. Okay. I don't have it formed in my head yet. It's just like it's like a little blob in my head that I'm going to put into sentences. Why do I feel like a lot of this is going to be on the season two blooper reel? It might. It's going to be like, like, like. Sawyer tells Locke to change the combination. Locke says that that will only slow Jack down and asks for Sawyer's help in moving the guns. How would that really just slow Jack down? How's how's he going to get in there without the combination? Torture Locke? Go through the vent and unbolt it. Okay. I guess. Go ahead. There's also dynamite. (laughs) That's stupid. Yeah, it would be. Locke doesn't say where he plans on hiding the guns, but he does ask for Sawyer's assistance in pushing the button while he does so. Sawyer agrees, but tells him that he doesn't have long. Then we get a flashback where Sawyer goes to a local diner where, yes, Lauren, he was served by Diane. (laughs) Okay, I thought so. You're like, am I stereotyping waitresses? I was like, do all diner waitresses look the same? Speaking of diner waitresses, I was watching Two Broke Girls the other day. That show, still funny. I I liked it when it was on. 
Well, Diane serves both Sawyer and his partner, Gordy, which it was so fun to see this guy, Kevin Dunn, in like a intense, I'm going to put one in your ear role. When every time I look at him, I'm like, that is the weird dad from the Transformers movies. Okay. Do not sit there and pretend like you didn't know that. You literally had a bumblebee face cake for your birthday. You were obsessed with Transformers. Okay, I did not know that that's who it was. So I recognized him, but I didn't know. Like, It's just one of those things. It's like, oh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Okay, continue. That's how you said it. No, that's not how I said it. Sawyer tells Gordy that they got all the money, and Gordy realizes that he fell for her. He calls her a bitch, but Sawyer says that her name's Cassidy. And Gordy says that he's the one who found her and waited for six months for all of this to play out. Gordy says that Sawyer is not in love. He's a con man, and a tiger doesn't change its stripes. Sawyer tries to back out, but Gordy says when Cassidy finds out about everything, she will hate him. And again, Sawyer tries to leave, but Gordy threatens to kill both him and Cassidy. Did you believe these feelings were genuine? Yeah. Did you like them together at all? No. Really? Didn't trust that bitch. The entire time? The entire time. And we'll get there. You had a note. I believe you were referencing the episode What Kate Did when he said something in his sleep. Oh, I was like, this is the bitch he loved. And he said that in his sleep and he was like, I love her. I thought he was talking about her. I don't know. Could be a different girl. Don't know. Don't think it's Kate. Shannon. Maybe. Rose. <laughs> I ship it. I love, I love Rose. I love her too. We need more Rose. I don't like that they really hyped up the reunion and then we got a hug and we haven't like seen them interact. I don't like that they're just glossing over that Bernard's a dentist. That's useful. That's useful. It's true. They really don't need to leave the island anymore. They got a doctor. They got a dentist. I don't know about that. There's no birth control. People are gonna start banging. Dharma initiative condoms. I'm sure they're somewhere. In in a hatch with... Two people? I'm gonna say two men. Two men can have sex. I bet they did. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? How have we never discussed this? Two men in that hatch. No one else around. Straight as a circle. How long? How long do you think it took them to just be like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, if you're alone on an island, no one else around for years, just another man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Here's the thing. In my brain, I have a joke. You know, they're, they're just they're they're doing their thing. They're going at it. Oh, I'm so close. Button starts going off. God damn it. Well, they've got four minutes. You're cutting it close there, Des. I'm just saying. Jack and Jin arrive as Sawyer presses the button. And this is not something that really needs to be discussed at length. But what do you think Sawyer's opinion on the button is? I think he's just like, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'll do it. It's like, I'm trying not to be an outcast, but I'll do it. I think it's funny that he was like, it was like the slowest entering of the code ever. Yeah. Well, that was just to piss Jack off. Yeah. Jack asks why Sawyer is there, and Sawyer tells him that Locke had to run an errand. He was just like one liner after one liner. Oh, we're going to have to get a pack of smokes. We got robbed. Who's going to call the cops? 
Uh, I'll give it to him now. Hottie of the week. week. Yeah. I, I didn't like, it's just kind of one of those things like the overall episode. I was like, yeah, but I'll give it to him for this one. I love when he antagonizes Jack. It was, he was mayor of Quip City here. Yeah. Here's well, what I'm going to say. Is, is this the big thing? No, this is just a little thing. I hate Jack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just like, I, I find it so interesting that Jack, man of science, is being so unreasonable and Locke, man of faith, has to move the entire gun collection just to stop Jack from doing something bonkers. Like, I personally think that this idea of making an army is the worst idea ever. And I hope that this whole storyline with the guns just puts an end to it. Because that was stupid. Like, that's the worst idea ever. And I think Jack is an idiot for entertaining it. And I think he is off his rocker. And honestly, it's just because, oh, the others basically challenged his manhood. And so now he's got to be like, I have to have control. Shut up, Jack. And I guess, and I guess let's I mean, they just also do it. kidnapped Walt. You know what? And I thought about that. I argued with myself. I was like, but they have Walt, Lauren. Okay, Michael went after. That's not their problem anymore. I mean, okay, just, look, the I, others. I let sleeping dogs lie. The others have kind of been at them for a while. You know, to quote Locke, when he was just lying to cover Walt's ass, they've attacked you know them, sabotaged them, abducted them, murdered them. I get that. But putting Jack and Ana Lucia in charge of this army, it's actually the two, the only worst person that you could possibly put in this position is Charlie. <laughs> They're awful and like absolutely awful. That's why it's such a bad idea. And, I feel like Kate would also be pretty bad. Yeah, well, she's useless. Here's the thing. Sorry, Leah. I want to say something, and I just... The thing is, I don't want you to get enjoyment out of me saying it. I want to just say it, and I just want to put yeah. it on the record, and I want you to take that smug look off your face, and I don't want you to even respond. Okay? Okay. I get it. I think I love Locke. Don't... Make a face. Here's the thing. He has really turned a corner for me. I think that he's become very level-headed. And he is balancing out all the crazy. He's balancing out Charlie's crazy. He's balancing out Locke's crazy. He is Locke. Nope. I mean, he's balancing <laughs> out Jack's crazy. I I just really think... I, I like him. I... I really do. And there's like a little scene that comes up that, that I really liked. That was so small, but I just really liked it. I think I like Locke. I gotta get it. Well, we can now end this podcast forever because mission accomplished. Well, well here's the thing. I absolutely love a redemption arc. Like in Zane's favorite show, Naruto. <laughs> Uh, I, I, what? Go ahead. I gotta tell you something. Okay. Well, in Zane's favorite show, Naruto, there's a character, Gara, and I hated him. And then I was like, you know what? 
I see, I can see it. Gara redemption arc. And then there was a redemption arc and now I love him. And so like, I feel like that's kind of the thing with Locke. I hated it. I didn't hate him as much as, as Jack. And I don't see myself loving Jack ever. But Locke, really, I feel like he turned a corner for me, and I'm really enjoying him as a character. I'm happy to hear that. And now it's kind of like I feel very protective of him. And if anything bad happens to him, I'm going to cry. What? Nothing. I'm just trying to think if I want to tell the story or not. Okay. On the topic of anime, my friend Sarah came over the other day. She's the one that was watching Naruto. I've referenced her in the past. She's she was down in the dumps, so I was like, we can watch whatever you want to watch. And uh she's like, All right, I want to watch Bleach. And I was like, What's that? It's an anime. Apparently, it's like one of the one of the more popular animes. And I was like, Okay, well, well, where are you in it? And she's like, episode like 215. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like season eight or some shit, right? And I'm watching it. I'm also editing a little bit. And I'm watching it. And I'm just like, they've been fighting for a while. Like, the episode started in the middle of a fight. I'm like, they've been going for a while. And this episode's on for, like, 30 minutes. And then finally, the characters stop fighting and they're talking. And the guy, like, introduced himself. And I was like, they've been fighting for 30 fucking minutes and they don't even know each other's names? That is nothing. In Naruto, major fights will last, like, 10 episodes. Yeah, we watched Ten like, episodes. We watched three hours of this fucking thing, and it was just one fight the entire time. The only time it wasn't a fight was in there's an entire episode of the characters just like standing off. They're just like, oh, we're going to fight any second now. And then the episode <laughs> ends with the fight starting. And the, the entire time I'm like, my God, this show would go a lot faster if they just had fucking guns. You know what's happening right now? Mom's listening to this and she's going, I don't give a shit about anime. <laughs> Where's the skip button? <laughs> she's texting us like, I don't like when you guys talk about anime. <laughs> she's going to spell anime wrong. Yeah, she's going to she's going to spell it animate and then we're going to correct her and she's going to go. Well, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> OK, well, well, it's good to know that. I hate anime and you like Locke. Yeah, there we go. We made <laughs> Tied it all back in. Jack opens the gun locker and finds that all the guns and the heroin are missing. Jack asks where they went and Sora tells him that he was just pushing the button as he takes one of his pain meds. He gives the bottle back to Jack and has this like shit eating grin and I loved it. Look, I like Jack. I really do. No. But it is nice to see him get put in his place every now and then. I wish he would every episode. I actually can't stand him. Just looking at the spreadsheet, it was only two episodes ago that he was high. Yeah, but you know what? It's just like, I'm either neutral on him or I hate him. I'm never like, I love Jack. He's hot. I'll give him that. Like, he's a good looking man. But he's a dumbass. Jack wants to hit Sawyer, but Jin talks him down. Then Jack storms the beach to yell at Locke. He asks where he moved the guns, yelling that they had an agreement. And Locke tells Jack that he was about to violate that agreement. Everyone starts watching, and I mean everyone. And Locke admits to moving the guns, and Jack again asks where they are. Locke asks how many he would have given out and to who, and how long until there was another accident, and then there's a hard cut to Anusia. 
this is the scene that I was actually like really forming those like concrete thoughts of like, yeah, I'm team Locke. Like I, I I'm in it with Locke. Everything. If it wasn't for the fact that Sawyer outsmarted him, everything that Locke did was the right call. But you know, okay. Before what happens is about to happen. I have to say that at the point in the episode where Sawyer is in the hatch, like kind of, Jerking Jack around, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I was like, you know, he's doing it to be an asshole, but he really did the right thing. Like, getting the guns away from them at this point in time is honestly a very good thing to do. Like, now, obviously, I was wrong, but at that time... Your notes were amazing. (laughs) Yeah, my notes were literally like, let's, let's just go ahead... Go ahead and with what happens next, and then I'll read you what my notes said. Locke says that Michael running off is on him and he could be dead. So, yes, he moved the guns. Jack says that he wants two guns and demands to know where they are. And then bullets fire and Sawyer steps out of the jungle with a rifle. So I said, like, at the hatch part, I wrote, I like how Sawyer is just trying to be an asshole, but really he did the right thing. And then as soon as the guns fire and he walks out, I went... Okay, maybe he's not doing the right thing. (laughs) And then my favorite line of the whole show. I'm going to butcher it, but the part that I care about, I won't butcher. But Jack was like, you told him where the guns are? Locke just goes, no. (laughs) Best line of the episode. What? That's the best line? Yeah, because it's the way he said it. Like, he just is so taken aback. He, like, clearly thought he hid the guns so well. And he's like, like, you, you let him know where the guns are? And he goes, no. <laughs> it's just so good. I laughed. That's in my notes. I really, literally just wrote, LOL, quote, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's exactly what happens. And then Sawyer says that they were both so stupid and concerned about each other that neither one of them saw him coming. That's going on there. <laughs> you know, it's because it's because I was like, I have this and I was like picking up my tone and I looked and I realized it was in the frame. But you know what? It's not going to show up because it's only when when I'm talking. It, it won't show. Fair enough. You know what? For the listeners, Lauren was just showing her foot to the camera and then did- managed to put it back into the camera while she was talking. Oh, <laughs> Jump. <laughs> also, Lauren, is that a tattoo on your ankle? You have a lot of tattoos. I wish I wish we knew what your tattoos were. Shut up, Zane. You can't ha- make it happen like that. It has to be organic. Someone has to just genuinely care. <laughs> Even Kate looks shocked in this moment. Sawyer announces to the whole camp that they took his things while he was trying to save them. He says... They also decided that Locke and Jack are the leaders now, but he is tired of taking orders. He says he does not want his stuff because the only things that matter now are guns. And if they want one, they will have to come to him. Basically saying, I don't want my stuff back, but if you want guns, give me my stuff back. Mm, I don't really think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying like, it's not like, I think he's like, hmm. Well, he's not going to give the guns for free. He's going to want something in return. 
Yeah, but I think he's just saying, like, you guys fucked with me and I hold the power now. That's what he's saying. Saeed stares Sawyer down, and Sawyer says that he knows that he wants to torture him to get the guns back, but he will die before he gives them up, and then they will really be screwed. He announces that there's a new sheriff in town and walks off. Last week, there was a lot of, like, Charlie sucked, Charlie regressed, he unmetamorphosized. Uh, That all holds true in this episode. We'll get there. But this really feels like Sawyer was just like, remember all that character arc that I had in season one? Yeah, that's out the window. Okay, so here's where I think that we're going to disagree a little bit. I don't think it's that big of a deal what Sawyer did. Really? I I personally don't care. I don't think it's that bad. I think... I think the larger outcome of not putting the guns in the hands of people who are, you know, making decisions based off emotions. I think that's good. Did he do it like an asshole? Yeah. But in general, I'm not going to lie. I actually trust Sawyer's decision making skills and I don't mind having him in charge of the guns. Honestly, it does make sense. He probably is the second or third best person to have those guns. I think Locke is probably the best person. I would say Saeed just because he's a soldier. I don't know. I feel like Saeed does kind of pop off sometimes. Yeah. Honestly, it, it makes sense for Sawyer to hold on to the guns because I, I, I think back to the Boone thing because like Sawyer had all the alcohol, but Kate comes running in and basically is like, we need it. When the chips are down, Sawyer is going to do what's best for the group. Yeah, like, I, I I don't doubt that Sawyer would make a good call if if the guns were needed. I think that he he would help out. Like, he's always, you know, he's always on the, the jungle rescue team, you know? Was he? I mean, like, he went in there to fuck up Ethan. True. He went, <laughs> you know, when Kate ruined everything. So, two. Um, he killed a polar bear. Oh yeah, he was on that first trek or yeah. second trek, technically. So I know Lost better than you. It's fine. Well, he he didn't go after Ethan and Claire the first time. He didn't go after the Black Rock, but he was too busy being on the raft. Right, right. And he went on the raft. I mean, that was selfish, but yeah, you know, but he took a some gun. Could say, some could say it's heroic. He he attempted to save Wall. You know, like. He, I, I think push comes to shove. Sawyer's a good, good guy. Yeah, I don't necessarily think him having all the guns is the worst thing in the world. But, I mean, he really just fucked with everybody. And oh. I do think a lot of the I'm okay with it is negated by what happened to Sun. I don't like that. I was okay with it, honestly, until I realized Charlie was involved. And then I was like, ew. Yeah, well, we'll get there. Yeah, obviously. Go ahead. We have one flashback to get through first. Mm-hmm. In the flashback, Cassidy has the money in a suitcase as Sawyer returns, and he shows her a car where Gordy, quotes, is waiting for that him to bring the money. <laughs> her. He tells her that if he doesn't go out with the money, they're both going to die. Sawyer says that she was the long con. And he knew about the money from the start. She's shocked and starts hitting him, telling him to go to hell. And he tells her everything between them was real. She tries to kick him out, 
But he tells her that she can hate him later, but Gordy is going to kill them because he told him he was not going to take the money. So Sawyer starts stuffing the money in a bag and tells her to go to a specific hotel and hands her a black bag and wait for him in the morning. He pushes her out the door saying there's no time to pack. And he asks if she remembers when she said that he was all she ever wanted and then tells her that now she knows better. They say they love each other as Cassidy leaves. That, that was rough for you. Yeah. To get that out. Um, yeah, a lot of pronouns. A lot of pronouns. Um, the whole time, the whole time I was like, no. I don't trust her. I don't trust her at any minute now. She's going to reveal that she's in on it. And then I was sitting there going, what would, what would the benefit of that be? What does she get out of it? I was like, nothing, but she gets, she gets in the car with him. It's like, what? Like I had no idea. I was just like, I was like, no, there's, she's hiding something. And then because honestly, like when she's all, reacting and everything and he's like i love you and everything she looked guilty she looked like oh crap like i had to tell him that i was conning him turns out i'm just dumb that's fine okay so with all of this now you know she wasn't conning him and her feelings were real do you still not like them together correct why i don't know i don't like her you don't like her yeah the character or the actress? Character. Okay. I was going to say, I'll fight for Kim Dickens. Did I ever tell you about the time that I saw Gone Girl? No. Why Why would that have come up? It's a, it's a funny, it's a funny moment because it's about producer Kate. Okay. So, so I'm hanging out with Kate in front of the podcast, Devin, and we all want to watch a movie. And Kate has this list of movies that she's never seen. And I she's have a go- list of movies I've never seen. Yeah? It's just like classic movies that everybody should see that i've just never seen usual suspects that's not on there and you <laughs> ruined the freaking ending so i think i'm good well in the spirit of that kate's going through this list of movies and she says gone girl and then she says isn't that the one where it's basically uh the wife goes missing and she framed him and i'm sitting there and i said i think that's the plot twist and she she just goes, oh, so we watched that movie for like an hour and a half and the and the reveal happens. And I was like, man, that would have been fucking cool if you didn't just tell everyone. So you didn't know? No, I've never seen it. Oh, OK. Back on the island, Kate finds Sawyer cleaning the rifle. And asks how he did it. And I love that he's cleaning this rifle. It's not fucking dirty. And he's not even cleaning it properly. He's just wiping the outside of it. He's just like, I've got a gun. (laughs) Just taunting everyone. She asks how he did it, saying that Locke said he left Sawyer in the hatch and Sawyer can't track worth a damn. Sawyer doesn't reveal his tricks, but Kate says that he played all of them, including her. Me too, sister. He knew she would go to Jack when he cast doubt upon Ana Lucia. And Kate asks if he did anything to Sun. Sawyer asks her what kind of person that she thinks he is. And Kate snaps at him, saying that none of this was about guns or his stash, that he wants people to hate him. Sawyer laughs, saying it's a good thing she doesn't hate him. 
Kate asks why he had to do this, and he tells her that she runs and he cons, and quotes Gordy by saying a tiger doesn't change its stripes. This causes Kate to walk away. And this goes all the way back to Confidence Man, where you said accurately that Sawyer just wants people to hate him because he thinks he deserves it. Boom, I'm smart. Saeed shows Hurley the radio, new and improved. He tells Hurley that getting a signal would be slim at best, but they turn it on anyway. They get static, which is not a good sign. (laughs) Hurley, like, knowing nothing about what they're doing is just hilarious to me. (gasps) Static, that's good. I would have thought the same thing. Then they get Daniel's signal, and he's like, what's that? (laughs) Saeed says that the radio has a wider bandwidth, and he... Turns the knobs and they get some moonlight serenade coming through crystal clear, which at the very least, even though it doesn't work, it would be nice to get a little music. For sure. Hurley says that it must be close, but Saeed tells him that the radio waves of that frequency bounce off the ionosphere and can travel thousands of miles. Therefore, it could be coming from anywhere. And then Hurley says it could be coming from any time. Before saying he's just kidding. And then the music plays out to static. Yep. Did you have a reaction to Hurley's comment? No, it was a joke, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sawyer meets Darth Charlie in the jungle. Okay, when Char- when Sawyer was walking out, I thought it was going to be that like Locke followed him and like found the stash. And I was like, duh, all someone has to do is like stalk him and they're going to find the guns. But then something worse was revealed. So. Charlie is basically just a Sith Lord at this point. <laughs> I can't. I can't stand him. Charlie confirms that Locke never saw him. He was more worried about the guns than being followed. Sawyer offers him the statues, but Charlie says he didn't want them. He wanted to make Locke feel like a fool. Sawyer says that Locke has a nemesis. There was a little part of me at the end of last episode where I was like, Charlie's just like kind of going through it. You know, I don't think he's beyond redemption, but then all of this happened. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that you attacked son in the jungle and did all of this because you wanted Locke to feel like a fool because he hit you because you kidnapped a baby. (laughs) I know. I was like, honestly, this whole thing, it was like a good episode. That just ends stupid. I was like, I'm like, really? Really? At at some point, you just have to lick your wounds and go hide out for a while. You're going to assault son, son of all people. And then just be like, oh, I've got to make, you know, the only person that looks like an idiot. You, Charlie, you're an idiot. Hate him. Yeah. Also, everybody who has ever criticized me for saying Charlie's a piece of shit. Look me in the eyes and tell me that Charlie's your favorite character. He kidnapped a fucking baby, got the shit kicked out of him. And his response was, well, now I'm going to kidnap son. So last episode when I was like, oh, this has to be rock bottom. And you go, he does something else. Was this it? This is it. Okay. Cause I was like, oh my God, it can't get worse. (laughs) It got worse. Charlie tells Sawyer that Sun can never know what he did to her. And Sawyer says they have bigger concerns now. 
I I don't know what he's referring to. Like he's the bigger concern. Because I feel like the bigger concern is that Michael and Walt are still out there and now they don't have guns. But like if it were to come out that Charlie attacked Son, I feel like that would be a really big concern because that goes against the whole it'll never happen again, Jack. Like I feel like at that point they would really have to sit there and, can, and like think to themselves, what are they going to do about Charlie? Kill him. Honestly, at this point. Yeah. I mean, like, you got to just create a prison hatch. Hatch prison is what I meant. Take him to the other side of the island and throw him in the pit. Yeah, but then somebody has to, like, take care of him. Leave him there. No, he's still a person. You just said kill him! Yeah, just... Oops. I mean, when you think about everything that he's done, he killed Ethan when the goal was to take him alive. Which is, like, minor compared to everything now. Yeah, but, like, he's, you know, he attacks Saeed at the drop of a hat when Aaron got abducted. And then, I'm not saying it was, like, the worst thing in the world, but, like, the whole, like, there are no others, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, you really screwed the pooch on that one, too. And then all this. Charlie's a piece of shit. Like, you don't have to convince me. Yeah. Charlie then asks Sawyer how someone could come up with all of this. And before we get at the answer... We get a flashback. As Cassidy leaves, Sawyer goes out to the car with the suitcase. But the car is empty. I still, when the flashback started, I still thought she was conning him. I still was waiting for the twist where where she betrays him. That's how tough I was this episode. You're like, there's going to be another twist. Yeah, I thought for sure that... He got conned. He sits in the car and counts to five. Who does that remind us of? Anybody who knows how to count. More specifically for this show? Yeah, obviously Jack. There you go. Whatever. There you go. (laughs) As if I didn't know who you were talking about. Everybody counts to five. And then he goes back into the house to collect the real bag with all the money. He also finds a photo of him and Cassidy... And he lays it face down as he leaves. And then Sawyer tells Charlie that he's not a good person and he never did a good thing in his life. And that is how the episode ends. I don't know, it's a weird one for me. On a scale of one to ten, how mad at Sawyer are you? One. Really? No, three for working with Charlie and hurting son. Only a three. She'll be fine. Fair enough. But what about Jin? He also hurt Jin. He'll be fine. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you if you thought uh, this was a disaster, the fact that the guns were now in Sawyer's possession, but you clearly don't think so. So I'll ask. Uh, final thoughts? Eh. It, it was an eh for me. It was better than last week for sure. Oh, yeah. Last week was ridiculous. This week was like, I mean, I like Sawyer. Give me more Sawyer, but. Sawyer's always got good flashbacks. I didn't love this one. Really? Yeah. It was kind of like a eh story, but I just really I mean, like Cassidy. Flashback Sawyer is like really slimy. I oh, don't like big it. time. Yeah. Next week is a fun one, in my opinion. I have a guess. All right. 
site. Why? I feel like we got like a good amount of site this episode. Three scenes. Okay. I mean, you're right. I just am trying to figure out how you got that. Uh, okay, don't give me fucking attitude. It I'm was not so- trying to give... I was going to say it's just because we've gotten literally every other character except for Saeed. No, I feel like we got, like... We got, like, hints of his, like, he's still suffering, but he's, like, trying to turn it around. Like, we got lots of Saeed today. Well, yes, it is a... Uh, probably one of the best of season two, in my opinion, titled One of Them. Interesting. Are you one of them? One of them cool people that follows us on TikTok? Head on over to our TikTok. (laughs) Is that good? I love how you have the audacity to say my segues are bad. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is for me to do this every week? And the hardest part is just getting us there. Like, honestly, I just need to be, like, to start doing hard cuts. Like, uh, okay, follow us on TikTok. Okay, so anyway, uh, do you love us? Do you want more of us? Follow us on every social media, but mostly TikTok, because that's where we're active. At Lauren Gets Lost dot pod on TikTok. At Lauren Gets Lost pod on Instagram. At Lauren Gets Lost on Twitter. And search us on Facebook. I saw someone actually comment this week. They were a little, they are kind of shit-talking to you, which I approve. Whoever you were, forget your name. Anyway, on Facebook, search Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. They were shit talking both of us, first of all. They said, I don't, I can't believe you like Shannon. You also like Shannon. I don't, I'm not public about it. Anyway. You're on this podcast. <laughs> Prove it. Anyway, maybe go on YouTube, Lauren Gets Lost Podcast or something. I'm not sure. If I, you'll figure it out. It's in the link. <laughs> it's in the link. If you super, super, super love us, there's other things in the link. It's like a little link where you could, I don't know, give us money or you could just give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Send us a nice DM. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your dentist. You're going with dentists? We made one comment about a dentist in this episode. Yeah, I I like it. I'm I'm sticking with it. Um, And join us next week for one of them. Sure to be a hot, hot episode. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs>